We're going. We're good. <laughs> We're live. Wait, I'm not even in the right spot. No. Did, I t- did I show you my Furby Lab hoodie? No. I got a Fermi Lab hoodie. What do you work at Fermi Lab? Ooh. Uh, if you just show up at Fermi Lab wearing that, they'll probably just assume you work there. Oh yeah, there's no uh, like. And just insert yourself into a department, and then once you've like asserted a few weeks there, be like, hey, can we talk about my pay? I haven't gotten any yet. And they'll be like, oh, you're right. You know, a guy did that as, like as a doctor, right? Yeah. Like seventeen-year-old like, kid that just yeah. pretended for like actual years. Where was that? I have no <laughs> idea. I feel like that's been done a few different times by a few different people, which is remarkable how that gets pulled off. Yeah, you just grab a lab coat and you're like, "Yeah, I'm a doctor," and people just are okay with it. People are just so apathetic towards their working environment; <laughs> they just accept it. I'm dying. So you just got your GRE scores back, correct? Yeah. ETS put out a tweet um, about like a month ago. Mm. And they say, GRE scores, when viewed holistically with all other admissions components, serve as the only true objective measure in graduate school admissions (laughs) and therefore remain a critical piece of the puzzle. What's your take on that? They're speaking from a little bit of a bias, wouldn't you say? And literally every reply is just shitting on them. (laughs) It just boggles my mind. And I'm kind of glad because, you know, so many studies have shown that GREs are just completely irrelevant to graduate (laughs) success. And I'm glad that a lot of universities are kind of starting to realize that. Yeah, it's nice. But I uh I was at I was at a conference in DC this weekend. Were you? Because where? I was so fancy. What conference? Where I said I'm at a conference in DC and you say where? What conference? <laughs> it was the APS Division of Nuclear Physics meeting, fall twenty nineteen. Um, but we had like a a dinner for the, the women attending the conference which was really nice to like and like a panel discussion about you know being a woman in physics but unrelated to that i was sitting at a table with a bunch of other like undergraduate women in physics and we were talking naturally about the gres and about the physics one and like i was talking about how i'd done all the practice exams in like the the one book that there is for this exam and someone turns to me and she's like there's a book and she's like, I'm like, yeah. And like, I pull it up on Amazon and show her. And she's like, I have 10 days till my test. Do you think I can get through it? And I'm like, uh. That's kind of a little close. <laughs> a little too close for my for my comfort. Although the one thing I do like about the book is it's pretty, it's brief enough. It's brief enough. Whilst being detailed enough. If you had nothing else to do. Yeah. You could probably get through it. And just a lot of tolerance for, you know chugging through a physics book sorry i got <laughs> distracted by by reddit houseplants <laughs> put that away slacking off i know i'm sorry r slash houseplants is a is a great place do you want to give an update on your houseplant my houseplants are all doing well i left okay so i i, I panicked right before my conference i had like a moment of like i'm not ready to be an adult in society you know kind of panic and so I ran to the store. I got like perfume, which I've never bought before, because I'm like, 
professional women wear perfume, right? <laughs> and like panicked. I went to Home Depot and got a bunch of stuff. And I like panic repotted my fern and <laughs> did a bunch of stuff. But my point is I repotted my fern in a fit of panic. Oh, hello. Um, and I think it could be doing it's I think it looks like it's doing slightly better. It's going to be a slow process. It's not a quick growing plant, you know, but I think it looks better and it should be happier in this pot. Like there's more drainage. It's got higher humidity because I put it on a pebble tray, you know. How does that affect the humidity? If you, okay, so you, a pebble tray sits under your plant and you like fill it with water and it, you know, increases uh, the, the vapor pressure. I just missed the filling it with water part. Yeah. Well, okay. people just say I like it. It's on a pebble tray and that's like kind of what, because when you water, you water it until water leaks out anyway. So mm. you just, that water fills the tray. I think it's good because so, like uh, Reddit houseplants helped me out. I, I did a, a panic post on Reddit being like, help, my fern doesn't look good. And they're all like, yeah, you could try a new pot with better drainage. And You know what we haven't done in a while? What? Shameless plug. For what? For Reddit houseplants? Yeah. R slash houseplants. Houseplants? Houseplants. On Reddit. That's good. Do you have a category of house pants? House pants? Uh, like pants you would really only ever <laughs> wear around the house? Um, well, I'm kind of a shameless human being, and so I'll wear most pants outside. <laughs> mm. But I have pants that if I'm wearing less comfortable pants that I change into by default when I come home. Yeah. And it's usually like I've got like bike shorts. And I've got like big baggy sweatpants and stuff that I will put on because I don't I don't like uncomfortable pants. They drive me nuts. But I work in an office, and so sometimes I have to wear uncomfortable pants. Understandable. I had to dress nice every day for this conference, which is like something that I don't. I think not all people are like this, but like dressing nice is such like a point of anxiety for me. And so, like, this, I, I way overpacked for this conference. Like, I, I needed four days of, like, professional outfits. Like, business casual, if not just straight up business. And then, like, it made me so, like, nervous and anxious that I, I way overpacked so I could, like, when I have to dress nice, I change clothes, like, seven times until I feel right, you know? And so I, <laughs> I packed so many clothes for this conference. So I had options day of just to, like make myself less freaked out but like mm, i'm glad we're in a field that we don't usually have to dress nice yeah i completely agree with that it's really nice yeah <laughs> that's one of the things i'm least excited about um of getting into like a professional of just being a professional adult is that expectation of some clothes are more professional than others yeah and, like, this expectation that your clothes dictate what kind of professional you are. Yeah, and I think, especially for me, like, I'm someone who doesn't dress like most people. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm kind of, like, I, I dress pretty androgynously. And, like, especially as, like, a woman with short hair, it's, like, it's not seen as professional in a lot of ways. Even though I'm wearing, like, button downs and slacks, it still, like, feels like it's not professional because it's not what's expected of like a woman to wear in the office right and so like with my office job 
like I had to gauge the feel of it. So like I've been <laughs> over the past like couple months of working there, like every time I go in, I'll be like kind of pushing the boundary one way or the other. Like, is it okay if I wear this? Yeah, no one said anything. Okay, we're good. And like seeing what I can, almost what I can get away with so that I can be more comfortable in the office. Yeah, back in high school, um, I was kind of on a track to go into business. Mm-hmm. And so I was in like what they called an academy for like finance and business studies and stuff and i remember we used to get or we had like a couple lectures and like instructions on how you should dress and like things you should wear things you should take off things you shouldn't have in general like if you're going to an interview if Mm -hmm. you're getting a job like specific ways you should have your hair styled and cut (laughs) ways to cover up like any body alterations you may have made Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's something I think about a lot because especially at this conference, I like I packed a bunch of short sleeve like button downs mm. to wear and I was like, is it okay if I wear these because I'm someone that has tattoos that are like visible if right. I wear short sleeves? Like I've got a big old moth tattoo, which is like something not everyone's probably chill with because it's a bug. So I'm like, is it chill if I wear like if I show off my moth tattoo? And it was like the day we had like the graduate info session at this conference too so i'm like going around and meeting like representatives of different graduate schools and i'm like holding my holding my whiteboard with my arm so like my tattoo is very visible the whole time no one said anything and i managed to dress spooky too because it was i was wearing like an orange orange just like burnt orange button down and black slacks and Did i'm you like plan that a little bit i'm like it's halloween <laughs> <laughs> i love that and my moth tattoo was out i was feeling good I got a comment um, the other day about our spooky episode. Yeah. Saying that it was one of the best. So I think we should uh, plan something for. Oh, for. We... I don't know what they. Let me look it up. <laughs> we got to. Well, it's. It's next week. It's after next week. We got to figure out the spookiest thing that's happening to us next week. Uh, Halloween's on the day before. We record. Yeah. Do you want to record early? We'll see. Well. Might be able to because Jerry's will be done by then. Yeah. JRFP will be done by then. I was going to say, like, this next next week week. is our spookiest week in that our fellowship applications are due and we have our physics jury. Right. And I have a big meeting with my Women's Leadership Council as well. So I have to miss more class. I've missed, like, so much class this week that I've, like, I don't skip class. I go to class, like, pretty much every time. Like, I'll usually, I'll, I'll skip it unless it's, like, extenuating circumstances if the class is not worth my time to go to i will go to every single class and so this week for my conference i had to miss two full days of class which is like so wild to me and so i'm jumping back into all my classes and i'm like i don't know what happened Mm -hmm. like i don't know where you're at i miss so much but it's okay yeah but next week is extra spooky for us so we got to figure out what we're going to do for the podcast because we're going to be driving up to Poughkeepsie for for the physics GRE on Friday, which is when we usually try to record. And then we're taking the exam on Saturday, which is our backup recording day. Mm, yeah, I didn't think of that. Yeah, so we can decide what we want to do. But okay. It's going to be interesting for sure. Maybe we could have guests, but like replacing us for a week. <laughs> a guest takeover of the podcast? Yeah. They don't have access to my like computer my recording equipment well you could set up something i'm sure yeah 
make a guest account on my computer just for <laughs> the the podcast takeover. I don't know. I was thinking that, or we could just go crazy and bring this stuff with us and record in our in our Airbnb the night before. That'd be such a hassle. It would be such a hassle, but like on my laptop. Yeah. Like it wouldn't be that bad, but I don't know if it would be worth it. Maybe we'll we'll ask the audience what they want from us. <laughs> we'll see what people are feeling, because I mean we can always just wait till we come back and just record Saturday night. And just, like, probably it's going to be about the physics theory, if I had to guess, a little bit, at least. Yeah, I think that'd be the most feasible option. Yeah. Probably keep it a little low Because I don't know how we get back. I don't know. It wouldn't be too late. Yeah, because the test will probably end around noon. Right? Well, test's at 8.30. Yeah, around noon. Yeah, like eleven or noon. Yeah, so but like considering the like the whole like getting into the room, handing out the test, getting all the instructions read to you because of course, like all that stuff is going to take some time. So I think probably ballpark will end around noon. All right. And then and I mean, how long of a drive is it? Two it's hours. It's like five o'clock hours? right now. Yeah. So we might even start earlier than we are right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's five o'clock. Yeah. Jesus, where's my day? I slept like 11 hours last night. I did not expect to be so completely wiped from this conference, but like just like being professional and trying to impress people like for three or four days in a row destroyed me. Takes a lot of energy. Yeah. It's like I need to be awake and active and okay, I have gripes, <laughs> DNP. Because the first day we get in and like everyone got in in the morning or in the afternoon and so like the actual conference didn't start till the evening and it was like the plenary talks, you know? Um and there was a coffee break during these talks at like probably when was that? Like four PM? Four four thirty. Don't ask me. Oh well yeah, you weren't there. <laughs> But my point is that we had a coffee break that was like, oh, not half an hour, like 15 minutes or half an hour long, where you could, first off, get free coffee, which is very important, and or tea if you're me. And yeah, because I thought you yeah, hopped off the coffee train. I, I hopped off the coffee train after drinking far too much coffee, but they had really good tea, actually. And so it was like, it was nice and you had time to discuss like with your colleagues or like try and network with other professors that you saw around, you know, like it was just a time to like socialize in a professional environment, which I think is really important. And so I was like, this is going to be so great. And then for the next three days of the conference, they had coffee out and tea out at like 8am before the talks even started. And then no coffee break in the afternoon. And so I'd have like one little cup of tea and I was so caffeine deprived the whole week. Oh, it drove me nuts. I'm like, you you set this up for me thinking that there would be coffee and tea every day in the afternoon, right when we crash. And I, I feel like you could tell, like, it, at least amongst the undergrads that I was like hanging out with, like we all crashed around to like 2 or 3 p.m. of just sitting in like scientific talks all day. It was, it destroyed us by the end do you have any thoughts on the prevalence of caffeine in undergraduate <laughs> compositions i think caffeine is a, a a necessary evil of being an undergraduate because like 
I don't know about you, but when when I get a lot of like a, a very large workload, I don't prioritize sleeping because I prioritize my work over oh, sleep. Yeah. Oh yeah, which it's terrible. It's <laughs> terrible, but, but it's just... kind of a necessary thing yeah. if you want to be like a high achieving undergrad, I guess. Um, and so I will work into the early hours of the morning and kind of live on like four or five hours of sleep for like weeks at a time and so you need caffeine you can't just do that it's, it's liquid sleep it's it's not even liquid sleep it's liquid awake because <laughs> it's the only thing keeping me awake at any given time and all it does is like fill up the sensors in your brain that tell you <laughs> you're tired yeah. so it doesn't make you less tired it just makes you think you're yeah, less you still tired. have that deprivation effect yeah and like decreased mental capacity mm-hmm and it shows up in your work, I guess. It really does. But you don't feel it at first. Yeah, you're you're like, oh no, I'm fine. I've had coffee. We're good. And so I was on like five cups a day by the end of last semester, and <laughs> just drinking coffee nonstop. I'd be drinking coffee in like late into the night to get me through my work, <clears throat> and <laughs> it was terrible. It's so bad for you. And like you could really tell by the end of the semester that I just like wasn't there because I've been getting too little sleep for so long, and like I mean. People require different amounts of sleep. I'm someone who needs like eight hours, actually, like eight or nine hours, like six hours drives me crazy. If I have too much, too many, like six hour nights, I can feel it so much. Mm -hmm. And I think like I kind of forced myself to ignore how much I needed sleep last semester because our workload was so much. But then over the summer when I was working like a normal, like 40 hours a week, I would sleep like. First off, I was so burnt out. I slept like 14 hours a night. <laughs> like I slept so much that it scared me. And I'm like, I'm doing nothing but sleeping in my free time. Like I literally, I'd get home from work and I'd lay in bed and I'd wake up the next morning. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was so like, it had built up so much like sleep deprivation that I just needed it. I just needed to shut off for like more than half a day at a time. And... So I, but then like I, I got back on a regular schedule where I was like sleeping like eight to nine hours a night, and now I think I've lost my tolerance for getting too little sleep. Like I've I've tasted the good life, and now I can't sleep just like six hours anymore, and it like affects me so much more than it used to. And one of the dangers of forcing yourself to go without sleep because like you got to finish your work, or whatever, is that. <clears throat> You might reach the point where your body eventually gets used to, mm. like, waking up super early. And despite the fact that you wake up feeling like shit, and, like, you're still tired when you wake up, your body, like, forces it's like, itself to wake up. <laughs> it's like, oh, I guess this is when we do it now. That's happened to me, where, like, yeah. I finally get a day off, but I still wake up at, like, 6 or 7 a.m. It would happen to me in the summer, mm. like, when I finally got home and, like, didn't have to worry about doing work. Mm-hmm. I would still wake up after six, six and a half hours. Because you're just in that cycle. Yeah. Yeah, it's really hard to break, and it's really bad for you. <laughs> oh, man, it's terrible for you. I'm I'm very glad I'm getting enough sleep now, for the most part. Like, I, I get a lot of, like, seven-hour nights, which is not ideal for me, but mostly i get enough sleep like last night i slept 11 hours this past week for past week for me has been at most four and a half yeah you, you still have a problem with getting enough sleep because you've got a bit of more of a workload right now i think than i do hopefully november will be a turnaround oh my god october is our hell month 
for yeah. sure. 10 million percent. October and then November should be a little chill, and then December is going to be another hell month. It's like we're entering the negative part of a sine curve. Oh, yeah. Yeah. October is the peak. November is going to be a little dip down and then getting into December. Did I tell you when I used to have like a Fitbit that tracked like my heart rate and yeah, my resting heart rate yeah. over time? I don't need more because it was stressing me out to know what my heart rate was. Um, but I would, <laughs> I would look back and you can see like, stop flicking my plan. <laughs> anyway, can I tell my story? <laughs> Cease. Okay, so I, <laughs> I would um, go back onto my Fitbit logs and like look at like a month or two months, three months at a time, and you could like see kind of like trends in your resting heart rate, like. Not even like my heart rate day to day showing me how stressed I was when I was awake, but how it was translating into my actual resting heart rate like while I slept. And it, every semester you'd see it climb and climb and climb and climb. And then as soon as the semester ended, dip back down. It's like crazy what like a, a physical effect it would have on you. The last time I went to a doctor, like back over the summer, mm-hmm. um, I, I must have just been stressed of having to go to the doctor because <laughs> yeah. i think i was expecting some like shots whatever and i hate that Aww. so my blood pressure reading was a little high a little higher than normal yeah. she was a little concerned she's like oh well i want you to take a few baseline measurements like on your own time to, and report them back to me and she's been calling me a couple of times because i haven't done that yet mm-hmm. but it's just such a terrible time yeah in terms <laughs> like, of it's everything not gonna be going representative. on yeah it's gonna be terrible <laughs> Wait till November. November will be chill. Wait till like January. Uh, <laughs> January we have to wait though. <sighs> I think the initial uh what's that word called? Um <laughs> the emotional release mm. that is desired from a dramatic theatrical performance. What's that called? It starts with an E. With an E? Yeah. Aristotle talked about it. With an E? The desired purpose, like the objective, he said, of a drama is the emotional release of the audience. And there's I'm, a word for that. It's like when you when you walk off, like I've done this before where I like walk out of an audition or off stage and I just burst into tears. Yeah. It's that like. Yeah. That's going to be like, January yeah, for me. <laughs> I think I'm going to be destroyed by January. Honestly, by mid-December. There's, um, I guess, I guess January. Because you got to get through the holidays, too. I got to look this word up. Yeah. Yeah, someone brought up Christmas presents to me the other day, and I'm like, it is far too soon for me to worry about that. I've got, like, six people at least to shop for. It's monstrous. I do not have the time to, like, take brain space up, but since it's been mentioned, I, like, think about it so often. Like, it's not even Thanksgiving yet. Catharsis. Oh, that does is, not, does start not start with an E. Start with a C. Yeah, okay, catharsis makes sense. Yeah, I think, I think when I turn in my first, like, grad school application, it's going to be a big night for me crying yeah. in bed alone. i think just because it's like it's so much and you're turning into someone like the representation of like your life's work so far oh yeah and it's like i want so badly for like everything i've done up to this point to like mean something yeah 
because it could very easily just seem like a wasted effort yeah because because we've had so many like sleepless nights doing (laughs) physics like typing up lab reports and doing like trying to get our homeworks like absolutely perfect to like boost our grades as much as possible and doing research nonstop. like if i'm not like at school I'm doing research, and yeah, I've, I've literally got a code running on my laptop as we speak. Really, back, back home. <laughs> yes, like we've just we've put in so much. Like I haven't had like a proper weekend in so long. Like it, it's gonna be so much to like try and express that to someone. Like how how much of like your life you're, you've committed to this already? Yeah, which it's... is it's true for most people though like who want to go to grad school for for their field i think and it's such it's kind of a sad process Mm. because like a lot of my friends now have kind of easy schedules and easy like commitments because it's senior year Mm. you know they've pretty much already gotten through the brunt of everything and like they're hanging out having a good time enjoying the rest of their senior year meanwhile i'm like locked away in my room like convincing myself that um like a small amount of free time won't get me into a PhD program. Yeah. So I can't worry about it. <laughs> I think And it sucks. Especially because so many people when you're when you're younger tell you college is gonna be like the best time of your life. And in a lot of ways that's true. Oh. In a lot of ways that's I true. I completely agree with it. Like looking back on things mm. and everything I've done and <clears throat> like even what's yet to come. Mm-hmm. Like college really has been probably the best four years of my life. It's been the best, but it's been the best in a really complicated way. Yeah. Like, I think, I mean, for me, I know I've had a lot of, like, personal things and developments happen in college that I wasn't really ready for. Like, freshman year, I ignored a lot of things. And, I like, looking back, I can tell I was, like, just repressing a lot and, like, trying to have that, like, fun, carefree, but, like, still working hard, obviously. But, like trying to make college like that stereotypical like best time of your life like i was so socially active i was so involved in like clubs and and all this and my social life was so massive and but i think i like wasn't being like very true to myself in that way like i i'm not someone that really thrives on like a very large social environment i do best with like a small subset of like really close friends you know and that's like how i how i do best with myself and i think i was just trying so hard to like have that college is the best time of your life like i'll never forget it like that kind of like memorable college experience but i didn't want it to have that kind of like emotional weight that it does And and i've learned so much by like actually accepting that and like being allowed to not have a good time in college it's okay like it's okay to have a terrible time in college we all have but like it's so much more meaningful now you got to find the beauty in the struggle yeah and i think that's part of what makes grad school apps so horrific do you want me to close this curtain because you're being blinded do you want me to <laughs> <laughs> i won't say no to that <laughs> Ooh. Oh. beautiful Okay. That's beautiful. Oh, it's like so spooky in here though without the light. That's the point. Oh. Let me ask you a question. Okay. Do you have any tips for people who might be going into their freshman year? Into your freshman year? Because 
I was downstairs at the dining hall today eating and like a huge tour group came in. Mm. Yeah, I think the biggest thing that I I wish I like accepted freshman year and like granted there were times in freshman year where I definitely like you know was sad and was like okay with not being okay because freshman year for us was the 2016 presidential election that's like how we kicked off freshman year like we were a month into our freshman year of college and then that happened and Mm -hmm. it like brought up a lot of bad stuff for me and my family and so like (laughs) it wasn't the best time but you're glad that that's how you start off your graduate year (laughs) i know (laughs) the 2020 like like, why do we have to be in this like four-year cycle along with it that's That's so sad oh man but god it's so terrible um but i am like in a way i'm i'm glad that like that came so soon because it was a time where like i was really not okay crying in front of people and i still have a problem doing that but like freshman year like that happened and we were all crying on the floor and just having that like moment of like vulnerability in front of other people is something that's like I think pretty new to a lot of people when they get to college because you're living with people you don't know who aren't family so it's very easy to become like very emotionally guarded and so I think that like having that kind of public vulnerability (laughs) that we all had especially being like in the northeast and being in a very like liberal location having the 2016 election go out how it did was such like a shock to all of us that like it was just kind of the shared moment of like almost mourning (laughs) it was like so weird and dark but i'm so glad it happened i still remember that night i remember that night so clearly and like the few days that followed i was like in such a weird headspace is it still bad the sun Jay. No, no, that's fine. There's like one right in your eye though. It's fine. Like you good? I'm okay Can you with it. see still? Yeah. <laughs> no, but I'm 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 definitely glad that I, there was like kind of that that impetus to to be vulnerable in front of others because I think that's a really hard thing to learn how to do. It's something you can really only learn through through hardship. Ex- yeah, experience with that. Yeah. Because if the opportunity for that to ever happen doesn't present itself, like there's no other way of ever. going through it and learning how to do it i guess yeah and like i i had to go through like not having you know like not having relatives who agreed with me politically and couldn't see why i was upset and like having other people around that like could relate to it in some degree but like trying to find kind of connections with other people that you've literally just met like we had known other people we were surrounded by for like maybe what two months not even at that point and so like just trying to get over the fact that like especially for me i have some trust issues that i'm working on (laughs) but but trying to find like that trust in others to like talk about why you're not okay is is something that's really important to learn and i think that's part of why college is such a good thing is because you're 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 kind of taken away from where you're comfortable and you're pushed yeah. into finding especially that. if you're moving away from home yeah like especially you and me mm. hundreds of miles away from home dorming in a completely new environment completely new place yeah <laughs> long island's pretty different from our from our hometowns but yeah i think i think it was i mean obviously i wish that hadn't happened <laughs> obviously but 
in terms of like personal growth, I think I learned a lot from that experience. And I, I think if I had to like give myself advice from freshman years, like don't stop doing that because I think afterwards I kind of closed up a lot and it took me a long time to like be okay talking about like the, the, the worst stuff, like the worst part of my days, you know, especially like, like for me being someone who's like struggled with mental illness in the past, it can be really scary to like discuss it, you know? And I've gotten obviously a lot better at it. Otherwise I wouldn't be mentioning it on a podcast that goes on the internet for anyone. But I think it's something that took me a very long time to learn. And if I had been told that earlier on that it's like it's it's really okay like literally everyone can at least in one way or another relate to what you're talking about so just like be open and share the worst parts because i i felt freshman year especially a lot of i felt a lot of pressure to be very openly high functioning like i was i was dressing nice every day i was like doing my hair and like you know like all this stuff i was putting so much effort into how i appeared to other people and i wanted to be that person who was like you know so driven and focused on her work and like and obviously i still am but i i like i wasn't i was too focused on how i appeared to others that i wasn't comfortable with myself and i think that's something that you learn how to do and that's like part of the point of college is to learn how to do that is to balance like how you want to see seem to other people and who you are is a really important skill i feel like college is great for just teaching you apathy about (laughs) how you appear to others (laughs) going to class in pajamas people on campus really don't care they really don't which is part of why this conference was so jarring (laughs) <laughs> like because people cared yeah people well i mean in reality people don't care that much especially in physics people don't care that much how you look but like at a professional conference you're expected to dress professionally and so it had been so long since i at least for like a long period of time have been expected to to change how i would just dress myself to feel comfortable that it was very weird to me and for the most part we're in, we're in fields that don't that don't give a shit what you look like but it it was a weird experience and something that i haven't had to do in a long time like especially here like in high school i definitely felt a lot more pressure to kind of dress normal you know and yeah like college has taught me so much how to dress like not normal and be comfortable with it and like no one gives a shit how you look as long as you're like representing your true self so it was very weird, very jarring this week, but we got through it. I got through it. I don't know what you did this week. What did you do this week? <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing so much work. <laughs> I had a lab report that was due Wednesday night and an exam Thursday morning, like immediately in the morning. And I sacrificed so much time that I could have been studying for that exam to finish the report. Like convincing myself that once that's done, I can focus on studying. Yeah. And I ended up like continuing to work on that report until I got to the class Wednesday. Mm. And I finally finished it. I was like super happy with it. It's probably the best report I've ever written. (laughs) Best like scientific work I've ever written. Oh, really? And she's like, yeah, well, I haven't given you back your like last report, which was our first one. Like, so you can't really make revisions based on that. So I'll just give you till next week. 
was so so frustrated. I hate when they do that. The dates do. Yeah, it's cruelty because Even like a twenty four hour notice. Yeah, and I think like this is something I want to keep in mind because because I want to be a professor and you do to some extent. Mm-hmm. Uh, want to be a professor one day, like just keeping in mind how much other things are happening in your students' lives because like. You really, especially when your workload is as high as has ours is and has been in the past, like you have to prioritize your work. And so if you prioritize something under a false assumption that it's due when it isn't, it's like so crushing. Yeah. It hurts so much. It just throws everything else out of order. Yeah. And I feel like a lot, or I'm not going to say a lot, Mm. but I've noticed plenty of professors who kind of implicitly assume that their class is really the only thing going on in your your life yeah and it just takes such a toll on you yeah and i think especially like there are a lot of students who like i know i've had like times in college where i've been going through like stuff with my family that's like really just consuming my mind and there's no space for that in, in your workload and so yeah you're left to like cry in the shower and then get out and be okay and it's like and especially the professors who kind of require like mm-hmm. proof of why you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing yeah oh that drives me nuts especially like requiring doctor's notes drives me insane as someone whose insurance is terrible and doesn't typically actually cover doctor's visits mm-hmm. like there, I'll, I'll go to class when I I've taken exams when I shouldn't have been outside like in the world because I'm like so sick and like and also there's no room for taking time for your for your mental health in that in that kind of requirement because it's like I don't know if you know this but it's not it's not that easy to get like like a note for from a therapist saying that you're not okay or like that you needed to miss class to come to therapy you can't really do that especially if you're someone whose insurance doesn't cover therapy Mm -hmm. so like there's so little room in in an academic environment to like not be okay for any reason other than physical do you think that's something that could be improved absolutely yeah you know not to like anti shameless plugs Tony Brook, but <laughs> we have a campus of around thirty thousand people, and we've got so few actual like licensed therapists working on this campus to to take care of those the minds of those thirty thousand people, and like college is such an environment where you where you're really pushed in terms of your mental health because you're not sleeping because you're constantly stressed because you have no room to breathe in terms of like your personal life and. So it's like it's so wild to me that we have such a small staff for for counseling and so little access to it that literally if you go in for counseling most of what they can do is refer you to go pay for someone else to counsel you off campus. Seriously? Yeah. Yeah, I don't have much experience like going through that or mm. even really looking into that. All I've really noticed is that they just like have events where they bring dogs to campus. Yeah, that is And that's nice. about it. <laughs> it's nice that they bring dogs to campus. I wish they did it more often. But yeah, I like th- I was lucky in that I like I went 
it first off the first time i ever went to go get therapy on campus it took me about a month to get a, an appointment from like my initial like going into the office and getting like triaged because you go in and you you have a person sit there in a room with you and ask you questions that are like very pointed to see how bad your mental state is essentially and it's like questions that can be really hard to answer like have you ever hurt yourself and like have you ever like thought about killing yourself and all these things like that are not really fun to talk about especially if you're already not doing okay so like even like the the triage appointment can like bring up a lot of kind of really harmful thoughts and like memories that are not great for everyone and then you have to wait like three four weeks to get an actual appointment with a therapist who's there to take care of you Maybe you can answer this because I don't really know too much, as I said, like how that works, but I have heard some comments about it. Do you think that they are more focused on identifying like the most at risk students and kind of preventing tragedies Mm -hmm. in that more so than they are kind of improving the overall mental health of their student base? I think it's a weird combination of both. Because, like, I went in there at a time where I was really not okay. And I was, like, quite an at-risk student. And, uh, but I'm in the situation where I can't afford therapy elsewhere. Like, my insurance doesn't cover it. Long Island is expensive. And I just, like, actually couldn't do it. And so the rule at Stony Brook is that you can get 10 counseling sessions a year. In a full year, calendar year, not academic year. Um, and so after 10, they're supposed to, like, refer you elsewhere, basically, which is horrible. But they actually extended that for me. They, they're like, don't worry about it. We'll fill out the paperwork so that you can keep coming here because we know you don't have access elsewhere. Um, <clears throat> but in a lot of ways, I felt like the therapists there were, they're trained to teach normal mostly healthy just stressed college students and like that's kind of what they're taught to expect so it felt to me that while they were most worried about the students who were like kind of on the edge because obviously they want to prevent that they weren't equipped to deal with us so I, I know a lot of friends who have been at points in their life where they really needed kind of an emotional intervention from someone with the training <laughs> to take care of us but like it feels like you go in there and they're they're taught how to like deal with people who have been like oh you know I'm not doing well in these classes and I'm so stressed and like or like I just broke up with my boyfriend and I can't deal with it you know like stuff like that that's a little more like typical but in a in a college environment like Stoney's that's like such a it's so full of like really driven it's a really students. high pressure environment it's a I very feel. it's a pretty high pressure environment and so and it's pressure that we all put on ourselves, like not necessarily that the school puts on us. It's that yeah. we put on ourselves because there's a lot of high achieving, like almost Ivy League level students, you know, at Stony. And so the public Ivy, the public Ivy. So um, there's an incredibly high ratio of like very seriously depressed and anxious people on this campus. And I think the fact that like that's what they're looking for like they're they're trying obviously like the whole point of the triage is to like prioritize people who are more at risk versus others but then at the same time they're trained in a way that's not exactly representative of the campus environment that we have and so like i went 
to the counseling services for ooh, probably almost a full year. When? No. Probably like eight months that I was going there at least once a week. And I think in a lot of ways, like while it was nice to have a place to go and like just like at least have it like 45 minutes a week where I was at least considering my own mental health. Um, in a lot of ways, the the treatment I got there hurt me more so than it helped me because they weren't they weren't trained to deal with me because I was someone who was like very much like clinically depressed, you know, and so it's like they weren't they weren't equipped to deal with a long term mental illness because I I was at the point in my life where I didn't know what it was like to feel okay, and so they'd ask me questions and I didn't know how to answer. Because I'd only ever been pretty seriously depressed. And so I, like, it wasn't what I needed. And it didn't help me in a lot of ways. But I think the way we'd fix that is by, first off, (laughs) increasing the staff. Because, goddamn, it shouldn't take you three weeks to get an appointment on a college campus. Um, And um, finding people, because a lot of the actual therapists that they have there are not licensed yet they're students which is great because like obviously they need the opportunity to learn but (laughs) i think they need to focus more on how to treat long-term mental illness because their their focus is very much like treat them how you can and then send them elsewhere because that's the kind of thing that they're supposed to provide but I think that needs to change because there are so many people in here that have no other option. And so that's my spiel. <laughs> Not what I expected us to talk about today. <laughs> what did you expect? I don't know. <laughs> but we did we really didn't have a plan for this episode, so now we've we've I guess decided. <laughs> We're just kind of going through our musings mm, yeah. of the undergraduate mind. That's a great title. Oh god. Well, That's what we're gonna title this episode. Oh yeah, you're deciding now. I've decided. <laughs> For once, you pick a title when I ask, except it's <laughs> not what I ask. I'm always busy on Sundays. Yeah, every every week I text Matt, being like, "Hey, do you want to think of a title for this episode?" And he doesn't see my message until after I've published the episode, and I've already picked a title myself. It's fine. No, I've named. <laughs> you at named least, like one. three episodes. You've named one. You no. named the spooky one. Hold on. It's fine. Let's take a look. See. <laughs> one, two, three. Which ones? Zero, one, and. Oh, you three. did name the come up. I did. Okay. And, and, the, and the zeroth. Okay, we teamed that one. Sure. I'd like to think we teamed him up We're with that co-authors. one. We're co authors. Co authors of the zeroth podcast. Ugh. I've been watching Charlie's Watch, and it's got the little, like, lightning bolt to indicate that it's charging on, like, yeah. the watch's screen, but it apparently moves, but I can't detect it moving. So you just look over, and it's in a different spot? Yeah. <laughs> so I've just been staring at it. Ugh. It's like the DVD thing? Yeah. Where you just can't look away? Okay, so do you know, you know how Stonybrook has cable? Yeah. Did you know, like, it's DirecTV? I did not. I've never hooked up to it. Yeah, because I was trying to watch HGTV yesterday. (laughs) And for some reason, that was the only channel that wasn't working. 
So all it would have is the DirecTV logo like bouncing around the edges. HGTV isn't working? For Catch some it. reason. What were you trying to watch? I don't know. <laughs> I was trying to no, I was watching the Ghost Adventures, but <laughs> I had some company complaining. Oh man. Uh I've been I like I think I've said this before, but I've been at the point this semester where like I've got too many up close things to be stressed about. So instead I stress about like long term things that I can't actually plan for, like like planning my apartment layout and oh my God. like thinking of like furniture I want to build myself, like weird specific things. Yeah, very recently I've fallen into the hole of kind of building myself into like a graduate lifestyle. Yeah. Without actually knowing whether or not I'll have the opportunity to be in a graduate lifestyle. <laughs> oh, no. Today, and it's like, so bad. literally this morning, I went on to, uh, uh, like, apartments.com and looked at apartments in the cities of the schools I'm looking at to, like, try and get a feel for, like, how much they cost and what kind of place I'd be living in. And it's definitely not what I should be thinking about that right now because I haven't applied to the schools yet. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, it's, like, such an easy thing to latch on to because... Oh, yeah. It's like more fun than stressing about if you'll actually get in. That yeah. I've been really enjoying it. I've been watching so much like woodworking videos. <laughs> I'm not a woodworker. I own zero tools. I was saying this earlier. I need power tools. But literally, it's like all I've been watching is like furniture building stuff because it's something I can think about that's not like super stressful right now. But it feels productive because I'm like, one day I'll make that. <laughs> I just can't wait for the day that I can actually go out, like actually go out and pick a couch to mm. actually buy. <laughs> Instead of just looking at random furniture that you don't know if you'll have space for because you don't know if you'll have a home. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Oh, it's so bad. Do you think, are you like set on finding a place for yourself? In graduate school, do you think you might end up in, like, student housing again? Student housing, specifically, I'd like to avoid. But, like, I'm definitely someone who benefits from having roommates. So I'd like to still probably live with at least one other person. But I also want to live with very many animals, if possible. Yeah. And I feel like we're at the, really the only point in our lives where it's feasible to live with people. Mm. Yeah, like, I... I live with six people. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's crazy. I mean, that's how many I live with when I lived, like, at my parents' house. Because... Well, that's a whole different <laughs> but that's dynamic, that's a different though. dynamic. But, like, right now I live with, like, six of my friends, you know? And I just don't know when I'm going to have that opportunity again. And, like, I was at a conference for four days this week. And I was so sad not to have all these people that I love, like, around me. And just like not being in that environment where you like you walk out the door and there's just all of your friends there and like granted we have another many more months to like enjoy this but it's stressing me out so much like what my life's gonna be without all these people here because we're all going different places and i like this summer i was in texas and like it shocked me i like i hadn't thought about it how much i depend on all the people i live with and so i like i was living actually like in my own room i had one other person in my apartment but like she would stay in her own room 
And so I was just, like, alone so much of my day. It was really hard. Like, I didn't like it. <laughs> I missed all these people so much. It's going to be weird. For sure. It'll definitely take some getting used to. Yeah. There'll be a lot of effort put into <sighs> actually making new friends. <laughs> oh, my God. I think about that. I Like, I worry about that so much. I'm like, I'm going to go to a new city and have to make new friends. Like, I can't do that. Yeah. I, like... We've made such a good group of people here where, like, I just, they're, like, irreplaceable, obviously. And, like, I don't, I can't imagine not having them all. Yeah, and we just get so used to them being there Mm -hmm. and, like, being able to rely on just even seeing them. Yeah. That it's hard to imagine that. I don't want to think about it. On one hand, like, (laughs) even four years ago, we didn't even know those people existed. And then we've come to depend on them. And then in less than a year, like that may just all it'll be like we never knew them again no it will not well in the sense that we won't be seeing them Uh, at least not every day i don't want to think about it i don't want to think about it it's too upsetting new topic (laughs) yeah but i i think if we're going back to like kind of your your first experience of college and like what it's turned out to be and what we wish we'd known i think i wish i had thought more about like my like people talk a lot especially like in the like lgbt plus community like about like your chosen family and i think that's something that i didn't really think about when i came in so like i had friends freshman year but i didn't i didn't rely on them and they didn't rely on me nearly as much as we do now and so like thinking of like now this is my home and like the people I live with are my family and and I rely on them every day to like be good, you know? Yeah. And so like the fact that we can all just leave is like a really weird thing. We can all just go different places. And in a way, like so do you, does your like your actual like uh like blood family. They all they all leave. But it's like a weird it's kind thing. of different in the sense that you have that like family connection that still kind of keeps you together, mm. even when you're apart. Whereas with friendships, it's a little different, yeah, because you have that connection, but not necessarily like the traditional obligation of staying connected with your family. Yeah, yeah, and I like, I think it's definitely something i've become very comfortable with like relying on the people here more so than my actual family and but like not everyone's there obviously like there there are people we know that that rely on their family more than us obviously yeah and and still keep like that really tight bond but i'm like not not everyone's in the same situation i kind of feel bad sometimes because i have like a great relationship with my family Mm. and like i really enjoy staying in touch with them and like relying on them for support but I, like, get so caught up here and then, like, get so caught up in things that are immediately here. So, like, I just look to the people immediately around me. Mm. And there's always, like, really short-lived things that, like, it's so much easier to just go to the person, like, next door and talk about. And you just get so caught up in, like, work and life and just everything going on that, like, especially when you're far from home and, like, the people that you'd normally rely on are, like, phone calls away. Which, like, granted, in today's day and age is, like, really immediate. Yeah. (laughs) But it's, like, 
just distant enough where it kind of like gets pushed to the side yeah and i feel bad because sometimes i feel like i'm neglecting that Mm. and the people who i'm like not trying to neglect but it may seem like it yeah they may interpret that differently and i just feel bad yeah and like i i have obviously a pretty large family especially compared to most of the people we know because long island it seems very uncommon to have a large family it's weird because there's just so many people on this island yeah i know but so like i i have you know six different people that i'm supposed to be like you know they're my blood or whatever and i'm supposed to be keeping in touch with them and i know people who talk to like their parents every single day and i i really really don't and like I, I talk to my siblings when I'm nearby and I'm like, hey, do you want to grab dinner? Like, I like while I was at this conference, I texted my sister because she's near D.C. And I'm like, hey, let's grab dinner and a movie and just, you know, catch up. And it, and it's like it's a very weird relationship to have where it's kind of like it, in the situation of like long distance friends for me where like you're in town and you're like, oh, hey, I'm in town. But like, I don't really usually go to my family first for for a lot of things that are going on with me but i'll tell them after the fact like when i see them with with some exceptions but and i i think it's um it's something that gets assumed a lot of times when when you especially when you come to college and you're in a new environment it's easy to assume everyone has like a similar family dynamic that you do and so i remember being shocked because like in high school, I, I like I obviously I had some friends, but like we didn't really talk about like family dynamic that much because it doesn't seem that interesting when you're when you're in high school. But then in college, like just realizing that some people have such different relationships with family than you do, and like some people think it's crazy that like I'll go like half a year without texting my dad, and some people think that's wild, and like because their their lives are so different than yours and their experiences are so different. And so, like, coming to college was a big, it was really a time to think about my relationship with my family, I think, for sure. Especially because we were apart so much compared to before. But I had, like, four siblings go off to college beforehand. So I, like, was used to the whole idea of, like, not being home with family. But I don't know. It's really, it makes you think about about it a lot more. And I think especially for us, because we're in science, like... Our lives aren't relatable to our family, <laughs> really at all. So, like, when I go home, I don't talk about what I do every day because it's not interesting to my family because they don't find what I do. Sometimes it's hard to explain mm. because there's a lot of things that you just kind of take for granted and, like, you just kind of intuitively, like, know what's going on and know what mm. you have to do. But, like, if you had to explain it else or explain it to someone else, like, it just wouldn't make sense what you're doing and, like, why you're doing what you're doing yeah. every day. Yeah. Like it's it's easy i i think for us as like people like very consumed by their careers right now it's it's easy to get wrapped up in what you do every day and not think about how it, other people might not understand that and so like my day-to-day life is not something that my family understands and it's not something that they find interesting <laughs> so when i go home i don't talk about my work i talk about like music and movies that i haven't seen yet because i haven't had the time 
And so it's like a really weird thing that I've, I've talked to a few, a few of our friends and my friends in, in sciences about like just kind of coping with the fact that you're like every single day you become less relatable <laughs> to, to, to your family and to like kind of like the, the everyday person you'll meet on the street. Like your life gets weirder and weirder <laughs> until it's yeah. just like not a thing anyone can relate to and find interesting. And I think it's a hard thing to deal with. I would agree with that. <sighs> My mouth is getting dry. Mine too. I ran out of water like five That's minutes. That's so in. sad. I know, I didn't fill it up. It's like the GRE all over oh again. Oh my god. Why don't they let you take water into the it's GRE? It's so ridiculous. I was sick. The process of getting into the examination room feels like I'm walking into a national archive. It feels like I'm being yeah. admitted to prison. <laughs> yeah, because you gotta like prove that all your pockets are empty. You gotta roll up your sleeves, roll up your pant legs. You get wanded. You get like physically examined. Yeah. <laughs> for for a test yeah it's ridiculous you uh, go into this special room that's like locked off with these cubicles mm -hmm. it's it's ridiculous it's very like it feels like an Im intimidation tactic partially i feel like they should talk about that in all the prep books like be ready for how scared you'll be walking into this room because they do not make it easy to feel like confident yeah <laughs> Like it's so detached from your usual working environment. Yeah, and it's so like anti-cheating that it makes it's like when you're at like customs or something and like you feel or like passing a cop on the road and you're like am I doing something wrong? <laughs> am I cheating on this exam? Like I'm not, but like am I? Yeah, like cuz usually <laughs> when I'm working on something, I'll like take like a quick few second break and I'll like sit back in my chair, lean back, like you know, <laughs> Oh, back, yeah, great for sound around, quality. Look around. <laughs> <laughs> and i was about to do that in the test i was like wait a minute they're gonna think they, you're like cheating. accuse me of something yeah. yeah or like when you get the 60 second break between sections and i would just like sit there and i just stare at my screen i like, didn't force myself them. to look at the screen because i like thought if i even looked around a little bit because like they got you on camera they're watching you yeah. the entire time oh my god they're monitoring you it's very That's... big brother oh my god <laughs> Shout out to ETS. <laughs> oh, man. We got to take one more GRE and then we're done. That's nice. It's a little foreboding that we only get one more. Oh, my if God. If it goes bad. If it goes bad, we're I don't screwed. know what I'm going to do. I mean, things aren't the worst for me. Because they're not so much required for me. Yeah. At least physics one. But for you, I wish you good luck. <laughs> Thanks. Jeez. Okay, we'll talk about that next week, I feel like. So, oh, oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Be prepared for a very scatterbrained, exhausted, stressed, and probably upset <laughs> podcast next week. Yeah, once I get back, I have to finish grading some more proposals by the end of the night, and then I'm just going to vote my entire time to doing PGRE practice oh yeah i need to take another practice exam this weekend i don't know when i'm going to do that because i'm doing grfp stuff tonight i'm going to try and finish my my final drafts tonight if i can and then god only knows what i'll do tomorrow i need to do a lot of research stuff because i have to catch up from last week and i'm yeah. meeting my research meeting next week is earlier it's on wednesday instead of friday What's your favorite breed of dog? My favorite breed of dog? Probably greyhounds. Really? 
Yeah, I love greyhounds. Hmm. I've never heard that answer before. What? Yeah, I've never heard anyone say greyhound before. What's your favorite breed of dog? Beagle. (laughs) Beagles are great. I met a beagle named Bagel. It made me very happy. I had a beagle named Basil once. Oh, that's good too. I have one named Bentley. Do they always start with B? (laughs) It's merely a coincidence. Oh, yeah? Well, Bentley is the only one we named like ourselves. Mm. Basil was given to him. We like, got him from a shelter. Okay. Yeah, I've I've told you my plans, my dog plans. Yeah, a, a greyhound named Cardigan. I think it's the cutest thing ever. No one steal it. <laughs> I don't think anyone's gonna steal <laughs> no it. No one's gonna steal it. I don't know. I I have extensive animal planning done. Like you know how people do like family planning. No, 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 no. Animal planning, which is family planning, but just for pets. One weird thing that I think about from time to time Mm -hmm. is that, like, names are supposed to be unique identifiers for people, Mm -hmm. but there are just so many people nowadays that names are so not unique. Yeah. And there are so many people with the same exact name. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of weird to think about. How like, like how many Matt Murphys there are? Yeah, like a lot of your identity is, at least like early on, comes from your name, mm. and like whether or not you like the name you're given, like that may have an impact on how you see yourself. And like to think on a paper, like you're identified by your name, and that's just <laughs> identical to so many other people who are completely different from that's you. That's why they have photos on IDs now. <laughs> yeah. Weird. I don't think I have anything else to say. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been a an interesting episode because we didn't know what we were talking about. I think I think it was probably the most successful episode we've had. It's episode eight. We've done eight of these now. That's eight Isn't weeks. That? That's yeah. that's like two months, is it? Yeah, it's Wild. like two months we've been doing this. Wild. Yeah, I think it's pretty good. They're only gonna get better. That's nice. <laughs> I'll get better at editing them more quickly so I don't have to do them on Sundays. So I'm editing this one tomorrow for sure on mm-hmm. a Sunday, mm-hmm. which I don't like to do, but I've got other stuff to do tonight. So that's my bad. That's, that's my bad. I spent way too long shopping yesterday. <laughs> so you had to go to Petco and pet the cats and stuff. Yeah, I've been meaning to run a Target to get a little candle from a pumpkin. <gasps> yes. Are we, Wait, are you actually going to Target tonight? Not tonight. Not tonight? I need to go to Target. Hmm. Target. Because they have winter hats out now. And I want more hats. One of the things I hate most about Long Island is that stores close so early. A lot of places close at 9. Yeah, because like where I'm from, a lot of at least the major retailers like Walmart, like Target, and all like the grocery stores, mm. the majority of them are 24-7. Yeah. That I'm so used to having like day round access to things i may need yeah that it's just been shocking to me that i can't go out to the store at 10 p.m that actually drove me nuts right before i left for my conference i had a like i told you a moment of panic for being a professional adult out in the world and i'm like do i need a haircut (laughs) (laughs) i was like i like because i cut my own hair yeah it's pretty obvious that i cut my own hair so i was like you know maybe i should like actually go to someone who can see my whole head at once (laughs) without like six mirrors and have them like like 
clean up like the edges of my hair and just like make it a little like neater you know and but it was like 4 p.m when i thought about this and i looked it up and it was a sunday and everywhere closed at four and i'm mm-hmm. like what mm-hmm. who closes at four and i found one like really shitty supercuts that was open till five and i ran in i paid like 17 dollars to have someone like literally just clean up the edges of my hair for three minutes it was terrible but closes at four or five p.m which is insane i'm like i don't even like think about going out of the apartment until that long because i usually do my work in the morning and then, like, it'll be, like, 7. And I'll be like, okay, so where do I need to go today? And then everywhere it's closed. It's a hard knock life. One of the worst parts about the social structure of college and, like, being so immediately surrounded by your friends is that if you're someone like me who works best in the late hours of the night, mm. that always coincides with when your friends want to hang out. <laughs> Yeah. And it's terrible because I always just put off my work until the night because I know I'll work better then. Mm-hmm. And then I, like, as soon as I sit down to start working on an assignment, like, all my friends start coming over, like, oh, let's hang out. <laughs> like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. It's that time again. Oh. Uh, I think, I uh, thankfully, I've, like, right now, at least the people I live with, like, no one stays up that late. And so we get a lot of our socialization done pretty early in the day but i think this semester especially i've taken a lot more time to like make sure i'm doing things with my friends because it's important and i've had times where i won't see friends for days and it drives you nuts and you it's really important i think that's part of the thing that's great about living on campus so like shameless plug for campus housing (laughs) yeah i will say if you are going to go to college Like, Mm -hmm. even if you have the chance to commute. If you can, stay on campus. I would recommend staying on campus. Yeah, because just, like, it's so hard already to, like, motivate yourself to, to, you know, like, take time for your social life as well as for your work that having everyone so accessible is really important. And just, like, having a place to be away and, like, Mm -hmm. be able to sit down and work on stuff. Because I find when I'm home and I have things that I need to work on from school. Yeah. So I could not imagine being successful in college if I were staying at home every night. Not at all. I mean, I know know a lot of people who successfully commute. And I feel like things would be different if I were actually in that position. Mm -hmm. Like, I'd find a way to make things work. Yeah. But but thinking about it where I am now. Like, I don't know what I'd do if I didn't live with all these people. Oh, yeah. I don't don't know. Although, home-cooked dinners every night would be great. Like, not having to cook for yourself? I mean, I don't have to cook for myself. You do. Oh, yeah, you eat on campus. Oh, that's horrible. I'm so sorry for your loss. I don't mind. I don't have to spend actual money on food. You do spend the money on food. Though. I spend future money on food. Oh, because you're in debt. I take out a loan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I take out a loan to cover my housing. But then... I just pay for groceries and it's way cheaper in the end. In the end, yeah, but when that money's not immediately available to you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I know. Uh, the I know. college life. Ugh. We should have um, a weekly update of the student debt crisis. Oh my god. I'm doing great on debt in that I'm only going to be in like 
like twenty five thousand dollars of debt. Nice. Which is not not bad. Which is wild that's that I'm good, saying that's a good. That's amount. not bad, but I know people in hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt. So. Also. Mm-hmm. Back in high school, when I was like considering undergraduate programs to apply to, I was so focused. As much as I told myself that I wasn't, and that I was focused on like the quality of the programs. Like subconsciously, I was really focused on the names of programs, and I feel like I'm doing that in grad school too. And to I'm, a certain extent, I'm trying really hard not to. But yeah. man, is it is it easier to be like, oh, like Stanford, like that's a good school, I should go there just for like prestige. Yeah, and, like it helps to an extent to go to a prestigious school because you always have that on your resume. But if the quality of your program is better somewhere else for like a specific thing, and for grad school especially, because you're looking more at your specific PhD advisor. More so than the school itself. Like, you should just go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And then I get all these, like, emails from graduate programs from, like, X and X University. And I'm like, oh, ew. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the ones that email us are, like, a lot of, like, for-profit schools. Yeah. So, that... Sh- uh, shout out to Adelphi. Adelphi and Duquesne. Yeah. And... Yeah, I get a lot of emails to go into design and into law. Oh, yeah. Northwestern wants me to go into law yeah. a lot. And like, hey, Northwestern, I kind of want to go there anyways, mm. but I'm not going to get a degree in law. <laughs> no, Thank not you. quite. Not going to law school today. Thanks. Can you believe that law students don't get funded? I know. That's such a hard thing. And medical students either, really. Yeah. Like, we're lucky. Yeah, we're so lucky. The I don't know, do, do, does everyone know this? But your PhD in most sciences is fully funded. You don't pay to get your PhD. You get paid. Which is crazy. Like, my, my parents have master's degrees that they, they went into debt for. And so do my siblings. So, I think it is it is a real advantage going into science. I mean, part of that is because in, in the hard sciences, you need a PhD to contribute. Because you don't know enough from undergrad, so it makes sense that 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 we're funded. Well, okay, it doesn't make sense in that we're not funded for undergrad, but we're funded for our PhDs. Like, why not fund both at this point? I don't know, <laughs> but that would certainly boost up the numbers of yeah people getting into STEM. I feel. No, oh, yeah. If I mean, New York made that effort where like you're supposed to not have to pay. They came out with the excelsior scholarship Mm -hmm. but that really from my personal experience has not been at all what they said it would be Mm. they came out with this idea that you know if you make under a certain like familial income that you won't be expected to pay for college at all like Mm -hmm. new york state's gonna take care of that for you and that's just a huge lie yeah a massive lie and even like TAP, what does TAP actually stand for? I actually just got decertified from TAP. Yeah. Because one, they don't count your second major. Mm-hmm. And my second major of astronomy is like completely interconnected with physics as mm-hmm. my first major. But TAP doesn't count your second major towards your credit. Yeah. TAP, TAP is, a, is, a, is a scholarship or like a financial aid program. It's like, is it just a New York State thing? I don't know if it's New York State specific. It's a tuition assistance program. Yeah, so it it helps pay your tuition 
if you meet certain requirements. But those requirements can be really hard, especially for people that are a little more like high achieving and like want to have double majors or like minors because it requires you to take a certain number of classes in your major every single semester. So isn't it like 12 credits of major courses? And so I know a lot of people that run out of their major courses by the end of their like junior year and then they can't take enough courses to get tap and they end up having to pay more than they can afford. Yeah. And like right now I'm swimming in work with like physics related work. Mm -hmm. But since I'm only taking one specifically PHY class. Yeah. I've lost hat because of it. Oh, it's ridiculous. It's so sad. Anywho. 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 That's, that's Anywho. all. Stop. <laughs> that's, that's all I had for today and that we had nothing prepared today and we talked for a good amount of time. It was good. Today was good. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Thanks for viewing. Thanks for watching. Thanks for absorbing this content in any way you absorb it. Yeah. And and check us out on what is it? Now we have Facebook, we have Twitter, and we have Instagram. We should make a Snapchat. No, we should not. I don't know what we do. I don't have time. <laughs> Ugh. Okay, but yeah, so so check us out on all the assorted platforms. As little as we are active on those. And we'll see you next week. <laughs>